Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A case of stolen identity. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. On December 24th, 2010, Lori Erica Ruff of Longview, Texas, was found in her car, in her driveway, dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Soon after, her family realized she wasn't who she said she was. Her true identity and past died with her. Or has it? This is the case of who is Lori Erica Ruff. And this isn't one I would probably normally do, trigger warning of suicide, mental illness. But when I saw this, it reminded me of something that happened in my own family, which I don't want to get too deep into right now here. It's a kind of a long story, but an uncle who passed away and, you know, the situation around that was what it was. But it turns out that he had a secret life of... Well over 20 years, nobody knew. And my mother kind of found all this information and had to piece it all together. Amazing. And she had absolutely no idea. No one knew. And it wasn't like something that was – in the last year, I yeah. had these things happen. It was a 20-year-old at least mystery that he kept. And even before he died, he didn't – wasn't like, hey, P.S., I want to confess something. He Nothing. just said – he just – was like, listen, I need to sign all the stuff over to you. And my mother was like, okay, you know, you know, got to do what you got to do. But there was a reason why he did that. Uh. And as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, d- different circumstances, you know. But when I saw this, I was like, I, because I heard an account from a family member. Yeah. So it's not like I'm getting it from news articles or whatever. I'm getting the information from a family member. You, you, it never happens to you mostly. You no, know what I mean? but I also, not to diminish your story, but I do think this is more common than we think too. Like this kind of boomer or like one generation back, whatever generation that's called, that you that you have this thing where it's like this – you know, standard of not talking to people or going away or like wartime shit happening. And then all of a sudden they're dead and you see this person that kind of looks like you and you're like, what the fuck's happening here? Yeah, so that that's why I kind of sort of resonated with this one. Normally I wouldn't do it because, you know, it's the subject matter. It, the, the mystery, you know, it is a mystery first. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to be dwelling on 
suicide or mm-hmm. mental illness. It's, you know, yeah, not any that, more than each other. Leave it to my episodes. Yeah. I, so, I, you know, I try to, you know, I, I keep it, I don't want to say a little bit lighter, but I keep it a little <laughs> less. Less like cannibalistic, uh, yeah. mental illness, dark suicide, you know, the darkest recesses of the human mind. Yeah. It's like, what's with this weird video game? <laughs> <laughs> That's my next one. I'm not even joking. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Lori Erica Ruff had been acting bizarre in the months prior to her death in 2010, but that was pretty standard. And I have some opinions on the husband without knowing him, and it might be passing a little bit of judgment, and I could be very, very wrong, but they had recently separated. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, for years was just strange in many, many ways, more than just personality quirks. Some of the things she wouldn't do, she wouldn't let or she was apprehensive about letting members of, well, not her family, because her family is not in the picture. Mm -hmm. Her husband, Blake, his family, she's like, I don't want anyone holding our daughter except for you and I. Hmm. Which is weird because it's the only family that was involved was his family. She's like kind of like an island unto herself. That's very odd. When she was in her 40s, so pretty, you know, when around the time that she died, she wanted an easy bake oven for Christmas. Mm, That's very odd. And I I think it's not uh, ironic or quirky. Yeah, or or, it's a collector's item that she's trying to collect old little girl's toys. It was, that's what she wanted as a gift for use. To, To have one nacho chip, melting cheese on one chip. Or one little, like, bunt cake. That's what yeah, a little dollhouse bunt cake. And she, an affinity for just randomly, be, like, being in a situation, be like, I'm going to go take a nap, and would just kind of peace out and just, which, listen, I resonate with. Yes, jealous, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, there's plenty of times where I'm like, I don't want to be here anymore. No, I wish it's I had time the courage. I wish I had that courage. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that one to her, you know what I mean, <laughs> in, in, you know, in fairness, and... She was also very paranoid and threatening. She would send harassing emails to his family, especially you know oh. when during the separation. Not good. Stole their house keys at one point. Even when she committed suicide, they didn't realize that Lori Erica Ruff was not Lori Erica Ruff. And the clues left behind were not enough for a long time, at least. Okay. Okay. You trying to piece this together already? I'm already in Nancy Drew mode. I have nothing yet. I just know Easy Bake Oven, lots of naps, key stealer. So there's a lockbox that Blake was not allowed to touch, oh, not allowed to open. hell yeah. So the lo- that's what reminded me of my own family things. There's, there's always a lockbox. Yeah. Actually, I have a family story too. It doesn't involve a lockbox, but a safe. I'll tell it later though. We'll just do one where it's just like <laughs> safes, lockboxes, exclusive. Exactly. Our, nobody cares about our stories. So Blake was instructed to never touch it. And mm-hmm. he seems to be someone who, at least according to what I've seen and what I've read, didn't or was too afraid to ask questions like, why? Too what? afraid? Or did not want to have any confrontation. Like yeah. he just did not – like. Things like she would say things, and mm-hmm. I'll kind of get into it. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't be like, "There should be a follow up," and I'm not going to give you. I'm not. There's yeah. not going to be a follow up for me. That also feels very ge- of that generation. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, he's probably right now. Uh, I mean, imagining from this, probably in his 
Fifties, no, fifties. No, this is two. Yeah, this is two thousand. Okay. He was in his forties in two thousand ten. So they're probably in their fifties. I I feel like that he God. is someone who, and I don't know his past, but he's like someone from what I was looking at that is someone who didn't like confrontation. Mm-hmm. Maybe was like just stoked to be in a relationship, and oh. I'm basing that on the picture of him. And I know that's really lame of me to do, but all I could do is make assumptions. I don't yeah. know any of these people and I I'm always always wrong, but based on my the vibe I get is mm-hmm. that may, that might be the case. And listen, I'm someone who doesn't love especially in a relationship confrontation and mm-hmm. you know respecting people's boundaries, but I mean just imagine being in something and they're like, "Hey, what's up this lockbox?" You're like, "Never." Ever are you yeah. to look in that lockbox? This feels like it's our parents' generation. That that kind of energy around things, or like having these secrets and people like not questioning it to that extent, feels very much of a baby boomer or older mo. And when it came to her background, she wasn't very forthcoming. Mm-hmm. She said her parents were dead, had no brothers and sisters, and had a really bad relationship with them previous. Mm-hmm. And her husband, Blake, was never like, what happened? He was just like, oh. Mm, enough said. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I, I don't know. I would be very kind of like, that's a, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. For, I would assume that you would at least think ahead and be like, what am I going to tell this person when they yeah, ask me? exactly. Just to even shut them up. Be like, you know what? They died. Everyone died peacefully in their sleep. And I never had any brothers and sisters. End mm-hmm. of story. It's like, okay. Sure. But it's kind something. of like dark. Like, this is dark. Yeah. No. Don't follow up. Yeah. Don't. It's got to get that, that Dirty John energy, too. Or it's like, you don't, you don't get to know about my past because it's not going to be good. So please don't ask. And I'm not making it a place for open dialogue anyway. So- Okay. And it's you're not blissfully unaware. <laughs> it's you're it's uh, the opposite of blissfully mm-hmm. unaware. You're unaware and it's like a yeah. sharp dangerous. Exactly. It's uncomfortable in lots of ways. So before she married Blake and she became Lori Erica Ruff, she was Lori Erica Kennedy. At least that's where we're at with sure. this. Yeah. She changed her name legally in July of 1988, but a few months before that, her name was Becky Sue Turner. Hmm. I mean, Becky Sue Turner won't sound familiar to you, but probably did to some other people because Becky Sue Turner was a two-year-old who had died in a fire in Fife, Washington in 1971. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So that's all they kind of have. Mm-hmm. They ha- like have this small amounts of information, but they're like, we don't really know this person's identity. And what has got to be tough is that when – Somebody dies, and you find out this stuff after. You can't confront them on it, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. You can't sure. say, "Hey, why didn't you?" T-? You know, you could have been someone to tell me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, I don't know why you kept this from me. You don't. You've taken that away from the person. Whether you're like, "Listen, I, I can't deal with it," or I did it because I thought it was best for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. But you, you're also like, you've taken away the satisfaction of me at least being able to you answer for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then also. There's no way to find the, – the secret dies with the person. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be maddening. Imagine being if friends with anybody, a relationship with somebody, and you're in it and then you're not in it anymore. And you realize like, oh, they're absolutely not who they said they were this whole time. And I was not wise enough to see it or I, I didn't put the pieces together, whether there was pieces to put together. It sounded like she was somebody though that wasn't like – was just totally normal. You know, yeah. she seemed like somebody that – had some demons. Had some had some yeah. issues, had some demons, and, and, and got to where she got. She got a 
GED, and then she got a degree in business administration from the University of Texas in Arlington in 1997, maybe once worked as an exotic dancer, Hmm. according to an old acquaintance. The lockbox also has a lot of stuff in it, but a lot of it is forged letters from employers, a landlord, Mm -hmm. and then there'd be, you know, to, to kind of... Like, oh, here's a letter from my landlord. I'm good tenant. Or yeah. here's transcripts from something. Or here's a job re- recommendation that's not legitimate. But then there'd be like little scraps of paper with writing on it that didn't make any sense. Uh, words like North Hollywood police. Mm-mm. Bring it back to LA. For yeah. You. Unless there's another North Hollywood. Always. 402 months. Another what? clue. <laughs> and the name of an attorney, Ben Perkins. Okay. One thought was that she might be facing jail time, 402 months. Wow. Okay. And because of the documents, she may have been older than she said she was because- boomer. She's a boomer. She was infertile in her 20s, which, you know, listen, I'm not an expert, but does happen, but is yeah. less common than being older and that happening. I'm, I'm- well, from a con artist, you know, I would say, I, you know, infertility happens to lots of people, but if you're already- have a leading a double life and are maybe wanted by the law. Yeah. Maybe being older is, is probably a better assumption because they tried to have a, a, you know, 2008, they were trying to have a kid and, you know, she couldn't conceive. So they did in in vitro, Mm -hmm. vitro, in vitro with in vitro. They had a a daughter in 2008. So they were trying, you know, naturally, I guess you want to call it before then in the fall of 2010, the, the threatening messages, were sent to his family, which is again like the only families involved. Yeah, that are probably I don't know whatever they're doing. I mean, it sounds like babysitting wasn't even an, an issue. Yeah. I don't know what kind of support was coming or whatever, but she, yeah, she. I feel like this is something yet yeah, like you'd see here on a podcast. Maybe? Oh no, okay. it's weird. Okay. Uh, or or a documentary or a, a reenactment of something. It's mm-hmm. you know kind of being very defensive, and they were. Separating, so there was you know a custody thing, whether it was temporary or not. And during one of the exchanges, that's when they noticed one of the, the house keys was missing. God. And then I think Blake's mother recalls hearing the backyard gate opening mm. the morning just before Christmas. So Merry Christmas, yeah, Merry Christmas. And they went to a judge and was like, "Listen, this is we need some kind of cease and desist. We need some mm-hmm. like a restraining order. Restraining orders. So on Christmas Eve." 2010, Blake's father, John Ruff, he went out to get the paper and he raised the garage door and there was a black Tahoe idling in the driveway mm-hmm. and he saw that Lorianne Ruff had shot herself, self-inflicted gunshot wound. She wrote two suicide notes. I have not found either of them. I don't know if I'd read them anyway. One was an 11-page suicide note and then a shorter one addressed to the daughter. The 11-page one was addressed to my wonderful husband and another addressed to the daughter to be opened on her 18th birthday. Again, like kind of like a... God, can you imagine being that kid and having that kind of looming? I don't know if she's turned... I mean, obviously not, right? She's Yeah, I, I'm assuming she probably is two close, at the though. time. She's two yeah. at the time. Yeah, and now she's probably 13 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's getting there. But apparently these letters... Don't have any information because they're they're nonsensical, they're rants and ramblings and, mm-hmm. and and such. And no, it wasn't any. I think they were looking for. Hey, listen, here's who I really am. I yeah. want you to know none of that. Which again is 
reminded me of the story, you know, my own uncle and stuff like that. Like, no last words, nothing, all good. Okay, yeah. well, then that's, you know, that's the end of that. And it was at this point that they took a little break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a playlist I put together with Podacy, an online community of people who love podcasts and that love to share some of their favorite podcasts with you. You can check them all out at Podacy.fm slash ghost town. Podacy is spelt like Odyssey, but with a P. From podcasts on the biggest scams to podcasts that investigate strange occurrences. I'll also put a link in the description so you can check it out after this episode. That's podacy.fm slash ghost town. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you doing well? Yeah. We hope so. I certainly hope so. It feels like, you know, a lot of people are getting the vaccines. It feels like people are emerging from quarantine. It's beautiful out here in Echo Park. I hope you're doing well. Documentaries are piling up. Yeah, sprung. We'll have a new documentary <laughs> episode up soon. We're just mm-hmm. trying to decide on one yeah. to do that we both have watched, and there's so many. There's so many. And we watched a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, that's all I do, really. Anything to give me more anxiety, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, what do I want to do with my time when I'm not uh, researching uh, murder, thievery, mayhem mm-hmm. of all types? How would I watch the Woody Allen documentary? <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's. I don't know if I'd even touch that one. It's too. No, it's it's very complicated. It's complicated. It's it's, it's, it's tough fraud. to watch. It's yeah. That is that's something where it's like, it is in the same sphere as like the R. Kelly and Michael Jackson stuff. Where I, I don't even think, no one enjoys watching any of that. It's informational and it's heartbreaking. I I don't know. We want to say hello to our government. Hello. Want to say hello to our. Governors, mm-hmm. little Ben Forsyth. Hello, little Ashley Matson. Hello, we got a little Joshua Lambert. Hello, hello, to our mayor, Avion Noble. Could be Avian or Avion. I've not gotten corrected. I'm going to keep saying it both ways until I get corrected. Please let us know. We sent you a pin last week, and in it, it was an apology if we said it wrong. So we we're looking for the truth. We're always truth seekers by yeah. nature. Let us know. Unless it's inconvenient to us. <laughs> then we will nap and not figure it out. I want to say hello to anyone who's listening and uh, you know, sharing the podcast. A lot of people have been binging it, which a lot of messages binge, are getting. Binge, binge, Which I think is really great. I binge it every single week because <laughs> I have to listen to it like three times. Yeah, my voice is <laughs> just in and out of your ear holes, just 
cutting and pasting and stumbling. I don't envy you. If you ever committed a crime and they're like, can you analyze Rebecca's voice? <laughs> Do you know when she's going to restart a part of like her, like the information? I can tell oh, by both the like, little sound waves and then how your voice changes. What did you do in a past life to ha- to deserve this? Oh, didn't take education, my education seriously. That was probably <laughs> one thing. present life? Yeah, <laughs> past and present life. Okay. Oh, you're talking about past lives? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. But present life included. Sure. I was a mogul in my past life. <laughs> now it's my turn to be uh, <laughs> a, a nothing a nobody. peasant cutting together voices. And if you want to hear ad-free episodes, mm-hmm. no chit-chat like this, you hate bonus this. episodes... You can go to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. It's very, very helpful as we you know, upgrade little pieces of equipment and, and such. Yeah. And I think I'm going to take, we're going to take the week off of reading Apple podcast reviews. Give everyone a, a one, little, they get a one week break. A little respite from the reviews. Just to show that there's people that like it, there's people that don't. We're going to take a little bit, we're going to take a little break. That's but okay. if you want to, if you haven't, you want to leave us one and have a podcast review. We would appreciate it. Yeah, why don't you cue us up for next week? Yeah, so we'll we'll take this week off, take a little mm-hmm. break. The Hotel Cecil shirts and hoodies. The hoodies are flying hoodies. off the proverbial shelf. Yeah. For real? Flying off the shelves? Flying off the shelves. The proceeds go to the Skid Row Housing Trust. Amazing. And the cool neon sign shirts for Jim's Burgers. The retro shirts mm-hmm. go to the Boys and Girls Club of Boyle Heights. So, you know, you can go to ghosttownpod.com slash store. Check that out. Got some Ghost Town shirts. Yeah. That proceeds go all to us. <laughs> Not that- uh, Oh, baby. Ca- capitalist. Uh-oh. And, Watch out, GameStop. And it might or might not be out by the time you listen to this, but I'll have a new YouTube episode talking about the haunted house I lived in in New Jersey. The oh, full story. Oh, boy. Are there old photos of you from it? What's the uh, footage like? Uh, there's no footage. It's like the, the late 19th. There might be some like old fun photos of you like doing a keg stand in an old house. Uh, at six? No, I was doing shots. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it was New Jersey in the very late 1970s. So I mean, maybe. Who know? I don't know how your parents parented you. I don't know how they did either. Was... <laughs> well, find out from yeah. this new video, I guess. <laughs> so that's an earnest video. It's like really, you know, kind of a serious okay. uh, kind of. Uh, video so that's at youtube.com slash jason horton and these links are in the description if you want to check out the store yeah that the other thing and those are mysteries but the mystery of laurie erica ruff has yet to be solved mm-hmm. yet yet we're gonna do it tonight we actually are gonna do it tonight <laughs> spoiler alert there don't was, fast forward this podcast there was it's interesting when you're you're interested in a story and there's a time when it was not solved mm-hmm. a long period of time and then when it's very recently it was solved it's an interesting place to be to see people's point of view mm-hmm. i'm going to get into quickly later a couple of reddit conspiracy theories Amazing. just to remind it because you don't really ever you don't often get to see the mystery part you know and then the solved part and then see people's very very bad takes yeah so just how Lori became a rough, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is 2003, she met John Blakely, Blake Ruff. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to go by John. 
or his middle name Blakely. <laughs> and he's got a couple of good names to work with. I don't yeah, know. It's like I mean, you, you got to pick a litter there of cool names. Exactly. He does not look like a Blake. No. No. It's like, you know, it's kind of like the person who's like, hey, guys, why don't you call me, call me Switchblade? And they're oh, like, no, that's like, not how why? nicknames work. You're yeah. not, you don't look like a Switchblade. You wear like, cargo shorts. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, just call me Crocs, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure he's a very nice guy been through a lot um, but you know i'm just saying like it's it's looking at the pictures and you know you you're piecing I, oh. it together we have limited information yeah you get to make some assumptions and he was you know he had money his family had money they you know prominent family and they met in a bible study class oh so i I will pass judgment on that part a little bit. Deep into their Bibles, and they both look up for a well, split that's second. That's why I, I like. That's why I thought maybe that Blake might have been a little bit under the thumb of maybe many things. Not that everyone who's a Bible class is that. Not that anyone's into religion is that. It's it takes all kinds. You think he's a pushover, lame dude because of Bible class? Well, I, I, even before that, I was like, "This is a pretty lame dude," and then the Bible yeah. class, like. I don't know. I don't know what this, you know, what East Texas is like. You know, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what the things. And I don't want to pass judgment. Not that everyone goes. There's plenty of fine people that <laughs> that are cool that maybe have a nickname Switchblade no, that go to Bible no. class. I'm just trying. You know me. I'm trying. I, to be, but I do think that if I were to meet anyone in a Bible class, I'd be like, "What is your past life before this?" You know. Yeah, and I think she was there probably to, you know, it's a. I mean, listen, if it's maybe it's a place you're like, I. I need to kind of reassimilate into yeah. this, this town or wherever I am. And, uh, you know, it's a community of people that yeah. are open Unassuming. Arms. Churchgoers are not going to ask a lot of questions, I no. don't think. Uh, That's my assumption yeah. being made. She He described her as secretive and he especially— led, He led with secretive. Yeah, especially when it came to her past. So, it, it, you know, let the buyer beware in mm-hmm. that sense a, a little bit. But, you know— the heart wants what the heart wants, or uh, sometimes a little bit of mystery might be interesting. I don't know. I can't speak for yeah, like, what his, what his relationship situation was before. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I got ninety day fiance playing on loop at my place, so <laughs> anything and everything is possible. Totally from all walks of life. If you told me that there was someone and they wouldn't talk about their past and they had a lockbox and they wanted to grab a drink with me, I would say yes. Where should I meet you? I will pay. She told him that she destroyed all her old photos, photo albums. Mm-hmm. Anything normal. of her past was very normal. Burnt to a crisp, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that she had a bad life, and he never said why, what. <laughs> and again, <laughs> Ooh, again, it's, it, I don't think it's a, you know, I, I can't imagine being super calculating about it. It's like give me all the information. I want documents, but it's no. a thing to be like, hey, listen, I, I you know, you marry. I mean, you you want to. I'm not saying you know anything about every person, especially you know your spouse, but like. More than that, I would I would assume. Yeah, and how can I be there for you? Maybe, maybe the the lack of information was what she needed from him, and he reciprocated. Yeah, and you know, I, listen, it's tough. It's relationships are tough. It's easy for me to sit here and say what people should do or not. I'm you know, oh. a million of my John own Blakely and- switchblade, no questions asked. Said she was from Arizona, which it seems like honestly, Generic. like I feel like if anyone said, I was like, "Where are you from?" They're like Arizona. I'd be like, "Okay, I don't need to hear like your accent or no. your look or what you do." If you say Arizona, I'm like, that, "Yeah, I guess that could be sure. anyone anywhere." Ohio is also like, right, yeah, right Ohio, there in the middle. Fine. I have no further questions because I have literally no interest in the state you're from. So yeah, it's like Arizona sounds good. Mm-hmm. She said she was a marketing consultant. Which is uh, a kind of a very perfect. this she's really hitting the beats of like anonymity. 
she she's picking like the I mean these are listen I'm sure if you I've been looking into the psychology of manipulation a lot lately. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, not in a like a not like a pickup artist. Like Neil Strauss. I was going to say. Yeah, no, not like that. but as far as you know sales and, and like visual cues, mm-hmm. colors. Sure, color theory is interesting. Color theories, yeah. just what people resonate with and stuff like that. So, I think there's probably something to be learned with what you can say to be like, oh, you know, it's like saying you're a producer mm-hmm. <laughs> in oh, Hollywood. Yeah. That's anything and everything, and no exactly. one knows what it is. Creative director. Yeah, I have literally. I still don't know what that is. Or project manager. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, stop it. That's apparent. You can get a degree in that. I hate everything. Yeah, I hate. I'd rather you be like, you know what? I do nothing. I'm unemployed. I mostly play video games and sleep and drink booze. I'd be like. At least I have some answers. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like you don't know what that is. I don't care. I think people that are project managers also, because Michelle's one, and I think she's like, I don't know what a project manager is. Mm-hmm. It's just literally anything. Yeah. And what she was really doing, as far as anyone knew, is she had a home business as a mystery shopper. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. Which is great. She's like, she's like, she's like, I am a mystery. Sure, I'll shop for shit. I already yeah. do this on my own time. She's like, oh, what's the position? And they said the word mystery. She's like, I'm in. She's like, I don't even know you to know. Yeah. Mystery murderer. Pay me whatever. Mystery, whatever it is. Make my checks out to Lockbox USA. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's it's these little details mm-hmm. I, I thought were so interesting. Totally. And so captivating. And I was like, I've never thought to like think of like, oh, yeah, mystery shopper. What a like interesting gig. And she, you know, worked from home. She was like a lot of us do mm-hmm. now. But I think- Think about 10, over 10 years ago to now, working from home, yes, was happening a decent amount. But think about that compared to now, even barring this year, just mm-hmm. in general, working from home is, working remote is is so much more commonplace even than 10 years ago. But she totally. was a, a pioneer of it, or that was her kind of alibi for not having to interact or run in with any, you know, run into anybody. Yeah. So they needed to find answers. They were not going to find any answers. You know, she had no like social media blueprint. There was no digital forensics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she's, she's essentially a, a ghost in, in that sense. So they hired an investigator from the social security administration because there's, I guess, a level of fraud in there because she's not who she says she is. Yeah. You can't just take a dead baby's name and make it, you're not Don Draper. Like you can't do that in real life. And they just wanted to piece the clues together. Now, I'm going to tie in this episode with the episode of the mystery of who is Benjamin Kyle, because the person that worked to solve Benjamin Kyle's identity helped find the actual identity six years later of Lori Erica Ruff and her true identity. So there's a connection. It's funny because I was like, this, I was like, this name is so familiar, but why would I know this person's name? And I'm like, yeah. I remember. We I do. We did the Who is Benjamin Kyle? Did we do Benjamin Kyle episode? I don't remember that, but I also – I have the goldfish memory, the I, worst memory of all time. I thought maybe we did do it. I think – I know I did for Strange Year. Yes. So I probably – sometimes I, you know, do – we do a longer version of it. Is it this is cross-promoting Strange Year perhaps. I don't think – is it the Burger King one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah we we never did that, did we? We never did that? But we've talked about it. We talk, I, well, it's it's so compelling and I remember it because – I oh, maybe we talked Stranger. about it. Okay. <laughs> but I listen to Ghost Town. Well, this is Colleen Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. who ties both 
of these episodes together. We don't know Amazing. where that episode's from. Amazing. Might be an episode that doesn't exist. It's a Mandela. <sighs> is that the Mandela effect? When you uh, thought it was, I thought it was a ghost <laughs> episode. <laughs> no, yeah. She's the creator of the field of forensic genealogy. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, did a lot of DNA th- with Ancestry.com, yeah. 23andMe. They, you know, did all that stuff. Tons of just sur- all the things that you do to try to yeah. find out who these people are. And a first cousin, actually, Michael Cassidy, or the last name Cassidy, is something that came up. But the name itself is very common, so they didn't know which Michael Cassidy was. Mm-hmm. But that's a name that came up. They just had to find out. It doesn't, you know. Yeah, they, so have, they got a lead. They have a, they have a lead. And took about two years, but she identified a third cousin who was a match and related to the Cassidys. Hmm. So they essentially had to go there. Her and the investigator had to go there as almost kind of like a, not a sting, but it was kind of like an, a sort of an ambush to be like, hey, listen, we are these people, which might yeah. be very strange to you. Do you know who this person is? So that's yeah. what ended up having to happen. But- between Facebook, obituaries, public records, all the people finder tools, anything that maybe a, a private detective might have access to. Colleen Fitzpatrick said that Lori's mother had to be Michael Cassidy's aunt. Okay. Yeah, not important to follow, really follow these things, but she made this connection. Okay. But there was no way to know any names. and They're just making these connections that may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like – I mean, I'm really kind of reducing it. Like catfish. You know, you're kind of piecing yeah. these things together. You're finding somebody on Facebook. And you're like, I saw you in a picture with somebody. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of ambushing you for, for information. So they traced it back to Philadelphia. Okay. From Texas is where this is originating. And they thought that Michael Cassidy actually speaking to him wouldn't be – as helpful for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So they found another family member and they were trying to sort it out. And this person's like, they literally showed up and it's like, hey, we're these people you might be related to or know this person we're trying to find the identity of that mm-hmm. we don't know who is. Yeah. So they're like, oh, okay. They're like, we have nothing to go on but this DNA. And and we came to you. What you you tell us stuff. So what they did, she started laying out all the photos. Mm-hmm. They said, my God, that's Kimberly. Bingo. Recognized. We got to match people. Kimberly, but they're not recognizing it from, oh, yeah, that's, you uh, You know, you're looking at a lot of photos and some of them go back a little bit, but none of them, a lot of them are more current, yeah. driver's license and such. So in 2016, so from 2010 to 2016, nothing. Mm-hmm. In 2016, Lori Ruff is actually Kimberly McLean. Wild. Her mother was Michael Cassidy's aunt, mm-hmm. Deanne. And Deanne was married to James McLean. Mm -hmm. And then Deanne took a DNA test, confirmed the match. Wow. We're in. So what happened? Yeah. Her mom is now 80. And, you know, imagine not seeing your daughter for what what is going to seem like at least 20 plus, yeah, 20 plus years. Yeah. Not hearing Because we don't even know when all this started, really. Yeah. It seems like kind of when she was about, I think, like 18. So it's at least 20 plus years, it's like your daughter died very recently. Mm-hmm. And all those, you know, because you, I imagine you have to sit and think like, wow, for these last 20 plus years, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, unless I can't speak to what their relationship was or how they felt or, you know, you know, how much they looked or, or didn't look. But imagine having all that time to possibly reconnect. Yeah. It's not like, hey, listen, uh, you know, because sometimes, you, you know, these missing persons, you find out that they died within two days of being missing. Yeah. And you find that out 20 years later. Yeah. So that's a really tough thing. Kimberly grew up in Philadelphia, 
or the surrounding area. She had a sister. Her mom was stay at home. Her dad was a carpenter and a volunteer firefighter. You know, family vacations, family trips, family dinners, pretty, I don't know, normal, I'll say middle class. When she was younger, her parents divorced. Deanne met Robert Becker, married him and moved the girls to uh, Wincott. I'm not saying that right, Pennsylvania. And Kimberly attended Bishop McDevitt High School. And that's when, I guess, the problems began. She never adjusted new rules, new school. It just mm-hmm. didn't It just didn't jive with her. And in 1986, when she was 18, she moved to King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Cool name. Fun fact. I think it has the little, the large, no, it might be, I think it's the second largest mall in the United States. Really? It's huge. King of I've been Prussia, there. Pennsylvania. It's a great name, right? Great name, uh, great mall culture. It's a hu- huge mall. Place. Yeah. I went with more, you know, my brother in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. So I was like, I got to go to the biggest mall. I didn't buy anything, but I was like, I just, it's the second, I think the, maybe the Mall of Americas might be bigger. I could be wrong. But I think that's either the, the largest or second largest. N- not germane. I'm using it again to the story. Mm-hmm. And then she said one day, she's like, yeah, I'm leaving. You know, she's like, I'm out of here and don't come after me. I'm not looking for you to come after me. I'm not looking to come back. And they never heard from her again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what kind of human is okay with that? They they tried to find her, but she changed her name twice, which you mentioned mm-hmm. previous. And like, how are you going to find this person when they've changed their name twice? And you think about n- now we're in you know, 1986, 1987. It's n- how do you find those things yeah. out? You, have you to, don't have uh, the resources. Yeah, you'd literally have to hire private detectives or mm-hmm. I don't know how you would do it, but yeah. there's no trail. Yeah. I mean, it's also just like, why? A lot of people deal with their parents divorcing and changing schools. And it's like, was there something more? Was this hardship enough to really get to her? So from 1986 until 1988, no information could be found, really. But it seems like the first fake identity came in 1988, spent some time in Idaho, California, Las Vegas, and then moved to Texas, where she ended up. Mm Mm-hmm. At a Bible study. Yeah. So, yeah, so they found out who she was, and she is Kimberly McLean. That is wild. It's a really interesting thing, and I think about those six years, because, yes, as we're talking about it now, she has been found, but that's a long time to... I, I, I don't know if I'd ever be like, eh, I'm not interested to find out the true identity of my wife, who's been completely secretive for the time we've been married, and obviously had, you know, I I'm, I'm, might assume that it's possible that she had, you know, possibly untreated, I don't want to say mental illness, or at least probably could have used some guidance and therapy like all of us can. Yeah, yeah. But it was 1986 Philadelphia. You're not. No, no It's thank bootstraps you. and all yeah, that. Exactly. I mean, take it from me. Stiff like, upper lip. No, I'm not speaking for everybody, but it mm-hmm. is, there is, you know, there's a lot of that. Yeah. And so, it's also crazy because, you know, for someone who reinvented herself so many times, she was in a, you know, a, a sad situation, but she didn't reinvent herself again. She decided to take her own life, which also just, it's puzzling too, because at least she could have, you know, if she would have gone elsewhere and changed her name, she could have come back and contacted her daughter or something. It seems like a 20-year possible spiral. Again, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a, you know, took two community college psychology mm-hmm, classes mm-hmm. and B minuses, C pluses. But oh. Some, but- I have to imagine if she's that secretive, she's mm-hmm. not going to a therapist. The thing is, is that it makes me very reflective is, especially if they're watching the Hotel Cecil documentary to help, you know, internet sleuths you know, mm-hmm. make accusations, you know, not saying it's malicious or whatever, but you do. You're 
because it's easy for you to just do that. You throw that out there because you mm-hmm. want to be part of a conversation. And, you know, makes me think about, you know, what we do. I think we're relatively careful. At least we're not like, hey, listen, this is what I think happened. Go forth. And yeah, do exactly. It's a lot of this old, you, nothing's current, really. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not, we're just kind of speculating. But you find how wildly wrong someone can be in a situation like this when you find the in-between of mm-hmm. unsolved and solved. Because usually if it's, Solved is like 40 years later, not going to be, there's no Reddit 40 years ago yeah. for people to make their wild accusations or it's solved so quick. There's not enough time for people to really make those accusations. But one Reddit user is, is I'm no specialist. And I'm like, mm. we know. Yeah. We've got that. Welcome. I also have no connection to Lawyer the Roughs. We got that. We yeah, know that. Because same, same. listen, if they needed the Social Security Administration and uh, like a, a forensic genealogist to find it out, we know Reddit user that you didn't. You probably you don't not, have these resources. Yeah, that you didn't know anybody. Shot in the dark. Uh, but what I do have is a lifelong fascination with the morbid and depressing. Hmm. That's not. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. That's not a quality. So what you're ba- pretty much saying is like I have a in- genuine interest in this, but I have zero stakes in any of it, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna say what I feel like saying. Yeah. And if I'm right. I'll feel really – if I'm wrong, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, most it's likely with, the latter. It's absolutely the latter. <laughs> but it really – you know, I kind of like kind of sometimes think about myself and make, you know, past judgments and you say things and how very wrong you could be. Oh, yeah. But – so it, it's not not lost on me or probably not lost on us, like the power of people's words and stuff like that and how it might, you know, hurt other people or – you know, but I think we're not very conspiracy conspiratorial and, and don't think no i mean i think the most we get into that is kind of exploring possibilities not sure taking them super seriously yeah. but like here's a thing that many fringe people think think yeah just kind of relaying yeah. information i mean birds aren't real like we know that we know that we know that birds aren't real yeah but with the knowledge of being interested in those things like a lot of people are mm-hmm. and indulging those interests sure and having any platform and Reddit exists. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori Erica Ruff was a victim of human trafficking. Specifically, now, oh, no, no, I don't have a general theory. I have a specific theory, specifically either forced labor or sexual slavery. Okay. That was this person. They led up with, listen, I don't know these people. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I am just bored and have an interest in it. Mm-hmm. I Here is my speculation, mm-hmm. which is a very strong thing to say. And not yeah. even that. You, th- I don't have a general thing. I have a more specific. I'm surprised he, he wasn't like I'm thinking of a name that begins yeah. with M. I'm surprised there's not a, like a psychic kind of read to it. So I was like, "You're so wrong." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how could you be so wrong mm-hmm. with these things when it's you? You never thought maybe somebody was just like, "I don't want to be here anymore." Yeah. It's the I left in the 1980s, and it's not easy to find people. I know yeah. you're thinking like. Well, I don't know why they didn't just go on Facebook and look mm-hmm. through Facebook groups to find this person. She was in some kind of slavery by her husband? No, or? just in general. In general. General, in general. slavery. She's, okay. Yeah, she's a victim of human trafficking. Okay. And that's why her identity gets shifted around. And, okay. You know, oh. it wasn't her doing. And I have another one. I don't know if this one is better or worse. I think she was in a militia group in Idaho or Montana. Hmm. Part of the training she may have received was hiding her identity. I mean, you could say aliens abducted her and put her back on Earth and gave her a new name. Same amount of evidence for both those it's, things. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just as easy mm-hmm. to say that. And I understand, like, people on 
but these are like it's I didn't have to dig very deep to find mm. these cuz I was like oh what do you know what people have what people have to say and maybe they're like hey listen you know when I heard that name I went to high school with her mm-hmm. you know anything like that I was looking for yeah. but I find you know um, yeah you know a specific kind of human trafficking and a militia group mm-hmm. oh anywhere no 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 not anywhere specifically Idaho or Montana <laughs> but no substantiating evidence as to why those states that she did not live in an interest and surplus of time and Wi-Fi is <laughs> yeah. their qualification, which oh, is the Holy I, Trinity, which I guess is also our qualification. Yeah, as well. that's all we have too. So, damn! If you have some theories on us, just <laughs> pop them anywhere. Just signal, <laughs> hi, we're here. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.